We're at it again. It's another episode of Pitch Invasion and a, a very different one this time. How different, you may ask? I say to you, stop asking and just listen. So... Right off the bat, I'm going to tell you it has not been a good week for me on the football pitch. And I guess pitches around the world. Oh, man. So starting with the South African football and Kaiser Chiefs and their once again inability to win a game of football. This time, Chipper United holding them to a nil-nil draw. An umpteenth draw that we've had already this season. And I think a really, really worrying uh, you know, issue at the moment is that we're not scoring goals at all. I think it's about five and seven now in the league, uh, which is shocking if you've got the likes of uh, Kamabiliat on the pitch and the likes of Leonardo Castro and people uh, of that ability. And I think it just boils down to Giovanni Salinas not having the tools or not having the ability, rather, to put those tools together because he does have some considerable tools. And yes, some are injured, but that takes nothing away from what he still has at his disposal. And he's just not doing it. Perhaps uh, a saving grace is that Pirates couldn't win, Sundowns couldn't win, and Vits were beaten as well. So it's still in the picture, in the frame, as far as the league title is concerned. But look, if 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 you're not winning games against Chipper United, who, all due respect, are a struggling outfit, then you know there's 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 some issues that you need to look at. And uh, if Solinas is not careful, he might be uh, fire or coach fired number three of the season. We've already seen Luke Amal and Joel Masuta also shown the exit door. Perhaps uh, Solinas, if he's not careful, could be the first uh, real big casualty as far as the coaching is concerned. Not that uh, my team in England did any better in Manchester United. They were simply shambolic, to say the least, against Manchester City in the Manchester derby. They couldn't do a job. Um, and you know, I don't actually blame them or the players anyway. I wouldn't do, be able to do a job if Fellaini and Matic are my midfielders as well. It was just terrible. And defensively, we continued to flounder. We conceded yet another three goals, which was probably about 20 goals we've already conceded this season, which is absolutely terrible for a Manchester United team that, let's be honest, isn't scoring enough at the other side either. So we've got a minus difference uh, down in eighth. And if you're a United fan and you aren't used to being down in eighth this season, I say perhaps it's time for you to start getting used to that because it does not seem as if Jose Mourinho is not is going anywhere anytime soon. And uh, let's be honest, his United team isn't going anywhere either. Big surprise of the week for me has to be Real Betis going to uh, Barcelona and beating Barcelona by four goals to three, uh, which I believe is the biggest uh, defeat that Barca have suffered at home in at the new camp in a number of years. Um, so a very strange season in Spain at the moment, let's be honest. Um, you know, starting with the fact that Real Madrid are in lowly sixth, despite them, you know, picking up a bit of form over the past week or two as well. But you still have Real Betis, you've got Alaves, you've got Espanyol. These sides are doing really well. Uh, and I mean, by, by really well, I mean, I'm talking about second and third on the standings. And Celta Vigo and all these teams, you know, have got uh, some, some really good form to call upon. Uh, while some of the big boys aren't really finding, you know, their feet. And the big surprise for me at the stage is that Barca Champions League is so commanding. And it's so good going forward uh, compared to Barca in the league. Uh, perhaps when Messi made that, that rallying call at the start of the season that he wants Barca to win the Champions League, maybe they listened, him, listened rather to him a bit too much because um, in the league they are very erratic at the moment and one wonders how long that's going to go on for. Over in Italy... Uh, Juventus beating AC Milan, not a surprise. 
even if it was at San Siro, not a surprise. And to those Ronaldo fans who keep on going on about, oh, no, you went to uh, Italy for a new challenge. What challenge is it? Um, when you are at a team that has won the championship seven times in a row and a team that, let's be honest, is a level or two above all the other big rivals that they have in the league. Um, I mean, if Juve wanted to, they would, they could go the season unbeaten. They, they can easily do that. Perhaps their ambitions in the Champions League will make that impossible, but they've got the ability to do that. And they showed it again against AC Milan, who, let's be honest, were in some pretty decent form, uh, you know, but still were beaten by the old lady and quite comfortably Ronaldo finding yet another goal. I believe it's about six and seven for him now. So uh, he's sitting in nicely and he looks a beast that he's always looked. But um, not a good week for me. Uh, I'm not sure how Ola feels about his Arsenal and uh, his Pirates as well. Ola, your thoughts, sir? Wow, a goalless draw between Sundowns and Pirates. Now, that's something you don't see quite often. In fact, for me, I always earmark that game on the calendar as, you know, the game to go to. And it's taken preference over the derby for me over the last five to eight years, to be honest, because you always get gold in that game. So I was surprised, leaving Loftus, that, you know, we didn't even see a goal. So... Yeah, you know, I guess it's just one of those days, bad day in the office for the forwards. But as for the game itself, you know, Pirates were the better side, you know, in the early stages. They created the chances, should have taken the lead early on, and they looked like the more dominant team. You know, they they, they pressed the matter at, you know, two sundowns, and they were just unlucky not to find the back of the net. And Daniel Bennett, I must say, can I just add, Daniel Bennett really did not handle this game well. I think... Uh, Kistan Serino should have easily been sent off for one, if not both, of his tackles that he made. And Klompa Kekana as well also made a tackle that, you know, easily, easily should have been a red card. And Sundowns could have found themselves with nine men in the first half. I know he was trying to balance the game and hold it out, but at least dish out a card, which he didn't. Which was what my problem was, was that Serino and Kekana for their tackles didn't receive a card. And ironically, the first card of the game came from a Pirates player for dissent. So I felt like he didn't handle that game well. And also the fracas there, you know, with the Sundowns fan running into the Pirates technical area, both benches clearing, and I mean, we could all hear what was being said. And, you know, it's just not a good product for South African football. I mean, the, gosh, the last thing you need is another Sundowns Pirates uh, incident uh, at Loftus. So that didn't um, help the game. In fact, I think it did kind of slow down the momentum of the game because at that point, you know, from the water break, Pirates really, you know, looked like they were going to score. They looked like the dominant team. And then that whole incident sort of slowed down the game. And I don't think both teams picked up the tempo and the momentum from there. So that really didn't help. But um, looking on the European continent, man, talking about a point is uh, was good enough on the day. Arsenal, I really didn't see that coming. Wolves uh, must be given credit. I mean, their manager really put on a game plan that worked. They could have easily had Arsenal 3-0 down in the first half an hour. So, you know, we were lucky to escape with a point there. And I'll take it, you know, I'll take it. Um, our unbeaten run still goes on. And these are those games that, you know, um, I think this Arsenal side need to learn from. That, guys, you can't, you know, Liverpool comes in, you know, a week before. And because it's Liverpool, you're ready to, you know, play your hearts out. And then Wolves come in, and then you treat them like, ah, some promoted team, we're just going to turn up and win. Ah, this is the Premier League, doesn't work that way, and they nearly paid for that. And that's the same lesson that I hope Nigeria 
don't come to the FMB Stadium thinking that, oh, South Africa, you know, they couldn't beat the Seychelles. We're going to, uh-uh. It's a different ball game once Nigeria comes to the FMB Stadium. Bafana will be on point. And I hope Amika is ready to send a message to his boys that you guys better come here focused because Bafana is here to play. So, uh, to Lazi and Kola, listen, uh, Liverpool's gone 12 games on beating. It's their best record, but, you know, guess what? In spite of all that, Man City are still ahead with two points. It's promising to be quite a season. And from all indication, it looks like no one can stop Man City. But who knows? Maybe Liverpool might just be the team to stop them when they meet if they continue to, to, to win this way. And then it all boils down to that one game at uh, the Etihad. Well, who, who knows? As we look ahead to the week where it's Bafana against the Super Eagles, uh, I'm not going to say too much here because we still have another show to come up, come up there, but I, I like what Stuart Baxter said. We respect Nigeria, but we don't fear them. That sets the tone for that game. Bafana have uh, the advantage from the first leg, having won 2-0 in Uyo, but Super Eagles are ahead of the group, so they will want to come here for more than just revenge.